0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in today to the program. We are glad you're here. You can always find us online at pathtozion.com. We're gonna get right to it today. Listen, today is a very important day. Right now I'm recording this, it's Sunday. Yesterday was Shabbat, Sabbath, and man, we are wrapping up the 10 days of awe And tonight at sundown begins Yom Kippur, um, atonement. And I'm telling you, I, I am no Bible scholar. I'm no Hebrew roots guy. I'm no weird trying to be Jewish and waving Israeli flags in my house saying, I stand with Israel. And I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just a simple guy who's been on a journey. And my journey of seeking Yahweh God has led me to his feasts and to Sabbath. And it wasn't something I pursued. It wasn't something someone just informed me about one day. And I said, okay, we'll do that. We have been on this trajectory in the journey of our lives of the ancient way reality. And we used to be Acts Church in measure. That was our goal. That was our attempt. That was the 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 I guess, fulfillment of what we saw before us is we were wanting to be the Acts Church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. We came out of church, the religious church, and just mundane church attendance, man, forever ago, okay, like 15, 16, 17, I don't know how long now, forever ago, right? We thought we had found what we what we were calling the old ways, the ancient ways, man, No, we did not go back far enough. The Spirit of the Lord kept bringing these deeper things, these ancient truths to our lives, to our hearts now, to our hearts, not trying to earn anything or trying to get on God's good side because, man, he's really an angry, angry God and we've got to do what he says or else we're just going to be abandoned and forsaken. No, we discovered the beauty and the life in returning to being a people of God, keeping the perpetual commands and feasts and festivals, festivals and, and Sabbath of Yahweh Elohim. And it's been so incredibly beautiful this journey.'ve We're almost into a, a full year cycle of doing the feast. I mean doing, in the sense, well, what does that even mean? observing observing we've talked about that word here on the program before what in the world did the scriptures mean when it says observe these things for all generations this observance is to be for your children and your children's children and their children and this is for all generations of who god's people god's chosen nation people And we're told in the scriptures very clearly, very clearly in the New Testament that we now, Gentiles who come into the people of God via the blood of Yeshua the Messiah, we are, as they, equal joint heirs of what? The privilege of being a people. You weren't once, one time you were not a people. You weren't anything. You were a bunch of random individuals doing whatever you wanted, and from my perspective today, you were just a a Jesus guy. (laughs) But I've made you a people. And not just a New Testament church people, a new religion in Jesus people. I have allowed you to be joined with, supernaturally joined with Abraham and all the saints that have preceded you. Holy cow, this is huge. This is a a monumental shift of understanding and not even just merely understanding of our heart's condition and our heart's posture towards who we are. Now listen today, I want to get right into this. <clears throat> I do want to say just again, bless the Lord for those who have given to this program. I can't I can't just get past that because right now I'm sitting here with these headphones on and this new microphone and oh man, I hope it sounds as good on the recording by the time it gets to use. It sounds right here in my ears. What a blessing. This is not just just flippant natural stuff. May, may the Lord use these things, whatever it is in our lives individually, of the functions that God has placed us within to accomplish on earth as it is in heaven for His glory, right? So today, listen, yesterday's podcast episode, I talked a little bit about the functions of the high priest during the days of all, and what he was doing, and and kind of what the the mindset of the high priest was, anticipating the day of atonement, and and the some of the significance of his role of his function. We talked about that a little bit um, in the previous episode. I'm telling you, I can't escape this this meditation of my heart, and so. I've been writing more stuff about it. I I journaled several things during the church service yesterday that we attended, um, just kind of different things, triggers, um, principles, um, and the Lord just continues to speak. I went to bed thinking about it. I woke up thinking about it, and so I thought, you know what, this might be a little bit redundant, but there are so many things within giving ourselves to circumstances what people were doing, what people were thinking, why people did this, why they did that, why the priesthood did this, some significances that, again, I'll just be clear, I have no problem saying this. There are so many people, people in my own life, that are, are way more qualified to talk about this topic um, than I am. I, I am. I am down in the kindergarten level of understanding towards these matters. It's very new to me. But one thing I know that, the God, that God has given me is the ability to be very imaginative. Now, one thing that the church fathers did get right that I still carry into today, and I talk about this a lot, is, and again, I'm talking to like, you know, 4th, 5th, 6th century church, um, even as it began to stray so quickly and, and adopt new things and give up permanent things, one thing that I that I still cling is valuable within that movement, if you will, is the immersion of oneself into the scriptures. Of imagining in your heart and in your mind, in that innermost place, what were these people thinking? What were they feeling? What were they smelling? What did they see? What was their heart being moved about by when these different things were going on in the scriptures, different accounts? We can do that with every human being that we read about in the Bible. Therefore, when we do that, it expands our understanding. I believe God uses that to draw us into what that person was experientially going through in these accounts in God's eternal word. So I continue to think about this high priest reality, and there are some things this morning I sat down, and within mere moments, I had typed out two more pages of thought towards these things and compiled several different scriptures that, through conversations primarily with my wife, the Lord just kind of like thought of this, I thought of this, I thought of this, I thought of this, and so I just compiled it together for yet another um, episode today that I will post later today. So like when you hear this, if you listen to it quickly after it posts, I'm recording this Sunday morning. And uh, atonement will begin sundown tonight here, you know, where I live. And uh, so this is very significant and also very timely. Um, Just some things. And again, I'm going to move very quickly. You're going to have to pay attention and maybe uh, come back and listen to this one again um, at another time. Uh, There's a lot of content I do not want to miss. So I'm going to have to either let this go long or. Break it into parts. Should the Lord lead us, lead us to that place, or just really be attentive and listen to what I'm saying? Okay, so just some overview functions of the high priest, practicing days of all. That's what we again talked about in the last episode. But I was thinking more about uh, how this is applicable to us today. Those of us, those of us in Yeshua Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. He now became. Our ultimate sacrifice, he was the what? The the propitiation, he was the mercy seat, he was all these things we could go on and on about his function of of purchasing mankind, okay? But what about us, okay? What about us? A lot of the church wants to simply talk about Jesus all the time and how awesome Jesus was, how, how he was this, he was that, he accomplished this, he accomplished that, and yes and amen, those things have a place, I need to slow down, but often within the corporate church that I have known now, we don't bring that back into our own assessment of our life, of our purpose, of our calling, of what we're now to do about that. That what? All that Yeshua Jesus accomplished. Well, what for? I'm a what for guy. I don't want to just know what what Yeshua did. I want to know why and what I'm supposed to do about it. How am I supposed to implement that now here in my generation and pass that on to my son and my son's children? And so I want to talk a lot about the call to holiness and to being clean. I talked the other day um, about the Tashlik, about... The meeting at the water gate and casting the the bread into the water and shaking off the hems of their garment. Why? I want to do something in my body to signify an inner reality. I'm going to shake off my clothes. They're just dirty. They got dust on them. I'm going to throw this bread onto the water and I'm going to watch it be carried because it had to be moving water, of course. It's going to carry it away. It's going to go away, it's going to be delivered away from me, no longer coming back. Incapable of coming back. It's going down with the current of the water, the the mikvah reality of the washing and cleansing reality of the moving water, the living waters. And so the call to holiness and being clean, and again, all of this stuff is filtered through the understanding of the high priest, there's an individual holiness, there's an individual call to be clean. First and foremost, the starting point, I need to be clean for myself. I need to be clean so I can be a holy, pleasing, acceptable sacrifice before Yahweh God to be rightly received in His sight. Pleasing. Acceptable. Individual must be first. We have to take care of our own business. We have to present ourselves to the King of Kings and... and Literally spread out our arms and present ourselves willing to be examined in every crack and crevice. Clean me, oh God. Cleanse this temple, this body, this physical body, and clean up this house. Individual. Second, household. The call to holiness. Lord, I want to be priest of my home. I want to lead my home. I want to be free and and clear in my conscience towards my wife, towards my son, towards my household. I have got to be clean and holy. Why? For the good of my home, for the good of my family. I need to be properly in my priesthood place, in my role and function with my wife, so I can wash her with the water of the word, so that I can be like, like the great high priest, Yeshua the King, and I can what? I can go to her, and I can help her, and I can, I can supply everything God wants to do through this vessel, through me, everything that he wants to do, so that I can be postured and ready to what? To be the priest in my home, to be the one who is set and clean, holy, consecrated, set apart. Why? To perform the function of the role that God has given me in my own home with my own family. So individual and household and then corporate. Because again, the whole purpose of what God has done and what Yeshua Jesus did was to create a people, a plurality, a body, people together in unity in the one man reality, holy, consecrated, set apart and clean. Together, a a unified man of clean people, of holy people, of distinct people, right? An identifiable unit of people, a body of Messiah. So the call to holiness is individual, household, and corporate. Do we likewise, now as living temples, live with the same soberness that the high priest of the day would have had? I talked about this the other day, sanctification, okay? We know that now in Christ, Yeshua Messiah, we are on a, a forever journey of being sanctified. This is a complicated thing if we want to talk about it in fullness. Let me let me explain something very simple, way the guy explained this in a, in a sermon 10 years ago to me, that really stuck with me. He, he, he was talking about a pair of glasses, trying to define rightly, biblically, sanctification, being sanctified. He said, these glasses right here can sit on a table and be of absolutely no use to anyone. They're just glasses. Now, they are glasses, but they, if they're just merely sitting there, they're what? They're not accomplishing their purpose. They exist, but they're not doing what they were intended to do. Now, when I pick up these glasses and I put them on my face and I place them where they're supposed to be seated, they become sanctified. What? They fulfill their purpose. They fulfill the purpose that they were created to accomplish. They are, in a sense, sanctified. They have become their purpose. They've fulfilled why they were created. And friends, that's really a a simplified version of who we are becoming post-regeneration, After we're born again, born of the water, born of the Spirit, and we're actually brought into the kingdom, we then embark on being sanctified, which is what? We are becoming who we were created and intended to be. The Father is forming us and fashioning us and making us into individuals, households, and corporate Yeshua, Jesus, Messiah people, right? we're fulfilling his purpose and our and our fuel if you will is the holy spirit within us after we become yahweh god's abode we become his temple we become his dwelling and that's one of the main things i want to drive home today yesterday during um the service based on what i had been looking at within these texts in leviticus 16 and all of the the functions of the temple and in everything in the days of all leading up to Yom Kippur specifically, I was just struck with this feeling of like, I don't reverence the presence of the Lord the way I want to, the way I wish that I did. I don't. I myself don't give myself to the, the holy reverence presence of God. Now, there's been times in my life I've been on this journey a little while, there's been times when like I can't physically stand because of the glory of the Lord in and around me. Those those are incredible encounter experiences. I've had them. I love to talk about them. Very, very, very life-changing moments when I met the Lord. Okay. But do we do we, in most circumstances, in most events of our life, do we walk in the holy ground reality. Yesterday during the service, I took my shoes off when worship started. Why? Because I want to do something. This is what I just talked about. And of course, I talk about it a lot. We are a people who need to do something to signify the inner posture of our heart. We need to do something. We have been given physical bodies that move and sing and clap and dance and stomp And shout and whisper and move about and spin and lift our hands and go down to the ground. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are created as vessels to praise the king of all kings. And often, can we not just be honest, myself included, how many times do I not use this instrument rightly? How many times am I just quiet? How many times? Too often, too often. We don't understand God. I don't reverence Him enough. Still today, I have seasons. I come and go. I may come up a little and then I retreat. There's freedom. For me and for any one of us to begin to allow ourselves to believe that we ourselves are now the temple of the living God. We are his abode. And we can approach him in reverence and in awe and in joy and in freedom and in expression. Because why? We have been created to be a celebratory people. And I'm learning that more and more and more with the feasts and with Sabbath. I get to join in with the celebration of Yahweh God, just like the people who preceded me. I have the invitation. It's it's awesome. The high priest specifically, anticipation about this Yom Kippur event, Day of Atonement. Man, we don't have time to get into all the preparation stuff. I'm going to get to that a little bit here in a minute. But he surely was anticipating the high holy day, Yom Kippur. Excited, right? I've been chosen. Oh my gosh, imagine that y'all. I've been chosen to go into the Holy of Holies. Me, holy cow, how in the world does any one man handle that one? Oh my goodness. I'm going in. Like <laughs> if it were if we're really going along the calendar and like if, if everything revolved around this calendar right where I sit right now. I get to go into the Holy of Holies tomorrow morning. Oh, my goodness. So, anticipation and dread, right? Equally alongside one another. So excited anticipating this event. Oh, my gosh, but I'm going to be in the presence of Yahweh. Dread, anticipation, excitement, right? Oh, I can't believe it. Tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day. Oh, God. Thank you for this privilege, right? And again, make sure that this comes all the way through Yeshua, the door, the gate, the way, the truth, the life, into you and I, into right now. We're not merely talking history now. All of this is to get us into the mindset of what is now here for us today, friends. Excitement. Anticipation. But dread and fear. And guess what, y'all? Rightly so. Rightly so. We now are a royal priesthood, but what does that really mean? We hear that thrown around in, in New Testament teaching verbiage. Royal priesthood. Well, you know what that means? You need to act like a priest. <laughs> let's just simplify it, shall we? You want to be a royal priesthood? Okay? Well that's what it says. Yeah, well, then let's act then let us act like priests. What did they do? Let's okay. See, like these are the things where the divorce of the New Testament church from the Old Testament reality. This is where this divorce matters, right? One of the million reasons why we can't say we're a royal priesthood and have no understanding of the royal priesthood. We can't have this this attribute added to us. This this title, if you will, this position and function and identity if we have no understanding that makes it through to us today of what it means to be a priest. Consecration. Holiness. Clean. When we begin to embrace our full identity in Messiah, we begin to enter into the priesthood calling, I believe. Individual and corporate like we've already talked about. When we understand the full identity of who we are in Yeshua, we start to enter into the priesthood calling. We start there. Meanwhile, at the same time, another priest, when when the high priest was was going through all of these things, these preparations, there was a, a replacement ready in the event what? That the high priest who was going in became defiled. And if there wasn't time for him to rightly purify himself to conduct the service. Do we understand the severity of these things? Now listen, the high priest's very life depended upon his cleanliness. It depended upon his condition. And here we are again, we filter that through um, new religion Jesus thinking today. You know what? It just doesn't matter. I'm covered in the blood. I'm covered in the blood, so it just doesn't matter if I'm clean. I'm clean because of the sun. Now listen, that's true in rightful measure, but there is also a cleaning to be constantly done. What did Yeshua tell the the? Religious leaders of the time that had abandoned Torah and had abandoned the law of Moses and made their own stuff. Made their own rules. He said, man, you look awesome on the outside. You're sparkling clean. But on the inside, you better start wiping out the cup because you're dirty in there. It's the same principle today, friend. There is darkness and dirt in me now that must be cleaned out. The blood of Yeshua has cleansed me, and let's use that metaphorically speaking if it's applicable. The outside of me is clean, it's washed, it's covered in the blood of Messiah. I've been made clean, but inside me, I still need to continually submit myself to the Holy Spirit and the ongoing cleansing of the inside of the cup that, guess what, gets dirty. It gets dirty. It needs cleaned. It is an ongoing process of consecration, holiness, and cleanliness. And so there was a backup in case the high priest became defiled and couldn't purify himself. There was even an extra uniform, the golden garments, prepared according for the substitute as well, according to his size and measurements, in case the high priest that was already designated could not fulfill the task that was before him. And so I'm going to bring this to a close. We're going to go to part two because I've got a Man, I'm not going to tell you how far I've gotten my notes. I've gotten nowhere. So let's bring this to a close. We're going to throw all this online as fast as I can get to it for anyone who has time or would take time to listen today. You're listening to the Path to Zion podcast. We're talking about the high priest reality in the culmination of the days of all leading up to Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. Man, is right here. It's right now. It's right on the other side of mere hours. And you know what? There's much for us to learn. There's much for us to add to our lives. Would you please consider doing that today if you have not before? I keep saying to anyone who would listen, who has ears to hear, I'm not a big try it guy. I hate it, man. When people say, just give Jesus a try, brother. Nothing else worked. (laughs) Oh, I don't like that. But in the sense of the feast, man, give yourself a year of keeping the feast festivals and Sabbath of Yahweh God and see if your life would be changed. Right now would be an awesome place to start, man. Consider it. Won't you prayerfully consider it? Ask God. It's not mine. It's his. You're listening to the Path to Zion podcast. Stay tuned. We're going to get part two right back on the air. Thank you for listening. Go to to pathtozion.com. Send us an email at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Amen.